Hey, Chicago, what do you say? Happy Wednesday. It's the CHGO Cubs podcast. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, and Corey Friedman. Cody Domendo out on assignment in Japan. That's right. Uh, we're not saying any more about that. Lots to talk about today. Yeah, we don't tampering reasons. Oh, we don't want to yeah. mention too much, but we'll just say the beer bat was packed and he's doing work. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about critical priorities for the Cubs today. What we think are the critical priorities for the franchise, and we're not talking about individual players because then mine would be Shohei Bellinger, Shohei. Yeah, or maybe just Shohei, 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 Shohei Otani. Yeah. The Japanese superstar. That's how you. So that's yeah, you we're not out. talking about individual players. We're talking about organizationally. What do the Cubs need to fix this offseason? What should be their three priorities as they head into the offseason? Uh, officially here with you know the winter meetings coming up at the beginning of next month, and already some things could be happening. Uh, hopefully, pretty soon around here, we'll talk about uh, Craig Breslow's departure and now news that he's not allowed to take anybody with him. And also finding out what Craig Council's coaching staff might look like. So hello to everybody in the live chat. Make sure you subscribe to the CHGO Sports live YouTube page. Best way to enjoy the experience is to get involved in the live chat where we've got a lot of five-star listeners. Uh, Becky and Chris, just two of them I see right there. Gary Ross. Have we, have we graded Gary yet? We have not graded Gary hmm. yet. Uh, yeah, Gary says lots of Cubs news on the coaching staff today. It is kind of interesting. Normally, I don't, I don't care about coaching staff stuff. But when a new manager comes in and you know that there are guys on the coaching staff that the front office likes, you start to wonder, well, what's going to happen to those guys? Um, and so now Craig Council comes in and we find out all of his coaches have decided to stay in Milwaukee. One of them promoted. Yeah, right. Matt Murphy, the manager. Yeah, yeah. Which like, is a, I think it's a little smart bit of reconstruction move. in the coaching staff or something, but yeah, continuity. Yeah, for them probably for sure. losing Craig, it better to try to keep things stable if they can, as stable as possible. Right? Yeah. I mean, Pat Murphy is not Craig Council, obviously, but right. I think if I were in their shoes, I think that's the better rather than like cleaning house and things like that. You know. Well, we wondered if he might come over as the bench coach. Right. Yeah. But now we, now, now we have to find out how many guys will hold over. Well, now, now you'd have to just shove somebody up, right? Because, I mean, even when Breslow went to Boston, we were like, okay, a little worried about some of these pitching mm-hmm. infrastructure guys, Tommy Hadovy in particular. And then you get, you got another reason, if you like those guys, to worry about them leaving because you're bringing in a new manager who might want his own staff. And somehow it seems that neither of those concerns are going to come to fruition and unless council has some major objection to anybody on the cub staff it's probably going to rain mostly the same uh you know then there's you know like i know andy green has interviewed for some Mm -hmm. jobs so maybe some more movement possibly but seemed like it could have gotten totally blown up right like the cubs infrastructure and staff and doesn't seem that way yeah well as for the coaches like knowing that all the the rest of the coaching staff is staying in milwaukee that not following council to chicago i know there have been obviously yeah concerns about like who is he who might he keep who might he let go because he's bringing his own guys now that he's not not that he's saying not that i'm saying he's going to keep every single guy that was on ross's coaching staff but some of the guys that we we've talked about tommy hotovy dustin kelly whoever it is like guys that had shown had done well i mean obviously tommy was 
long time here. 2014 is when he started, I want to I say. Um, and Dustin Kelly was only here for a year. But now you might have a little bit more continuity. You might be able to keep guys that we kind of look at as like, oh, like they did good things with the Cubs last year, even though obviously the season didn't end, didn't end how they wanted it to, to end. Like there were good things that happened, and some of those coaches helped make it happen. Again, not saying Craig Council even retains any of them, but the fact he's not bringing anyone with him from Milwaukee means there's probably a better chance some of those guys do um, end up sticking around. Uh, guys that he, you know, when, when they have those conversations with Jed um, and, and Craig Council makes the final decision, like, okay, would Tommy Hotovy be a good pitching coach to keep around? I would say so. So maybe now that, again, not not like Council's not bringing anyone over the chances of someone like that, something like that happening, improve, in my opinion. Yeah, and so the report from Andy Martinez was that Breslow can't take anybody for a year. So it doesn't mean that Tommy Hadovy is here forever or whoever that person might be, but it gives you another year to also make that person feel very appreciated within the Cubs organization. If, if you want to make sure they're here, this next year is the, is the time to make sure that they feel that appreciation so it's yeah well I I also like I said this even if they did lose somebody uh and council wanted to bring his own guys I do think new voices mm -hmm. some new voices every once in a while is not a bad thing sure yeah well and this I mean so the 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 Breslow uh tidbit it's something I've heard over the last week or so um as well but obviously Craig Council kind of dominated our our stuff um but yeah uh, even even one year right like and this is something we talked about when the news first kind of broke that Craig Breslow was leaving. Mm -hmm. And that, one, obviously, like you mentioned, the voices and, and sometimes bringing new voices in can be a good thing. But it's also like, God, there are Craig, Craig Breslow did not create, uh, run this whole infrastructure and, and implement it all, all on his own. Nope. He had people around him helping him. Obviously, he was the director of pitching, but like, there were people in the organization, whether that was in the front office with him or, or minor league um, uh, staff or whoever, whoever it is, there were plenty of people around that were helping implement these changes, right? Because it, it didn't just happen overnight and it didn't just happen because Craig Breslow said it, it needs to happen. There were other people that had to buy in, learn the system, learn everything that was getting um, brought in and help Breslow implement it. Was he the architect of it? Probably, but he, you know, even architects for buildings, right? They, they have help <laughs> through, along the way. So when you're building this infrastructure, there are other people that are learning and, and implementing what Breslow um, is telling them and, and teaching them. So just because Craig Breslow left didn't mean that there was going to be no one around that knew how to keep this pitching infrastructure going. And now that, you know, we know that for at least for a year, can't, no one's going to follow him to Boston. Like then you're still going to have people in this organization that can continue the success of this pitching infrastructure and the trajectory up that, you know, obviously has to, has to bear more fruits, right? Like the results have to come more and more because um, we're now four or five years out from when that kind of all started. But there, as they go and, and hopefully stick on this upward trajectory people that have been doing it for years with Craig Breslow are still going to be around and can, and helping that continue and that success continue yeah that umbrella of people that you're talking about uh Carter Hawkins talked about on the radio and I can't remember if it was the score or uh ESP 1000 I heard it but he he was talking about 
how in the last, I don't know, seven to 10 years, how much baseball organizations have changed, how even since he left Cleveland, how much it has changed and how different it is in Chicago compared to Cleveland. Like what he said, it took him two years. It's taken him two years to really get a handle on what each person does in the Cubs organization. So he was saying that about council. It's good that council's taking it slow, but also in that when you bring new people in, it takes them a while to figure out because it's so different from organization to organization. And he's like, listen, I came here from Cleveland and there were so many more people, but your player development person might have different responsibilities than they did at the other organization. And now he's like, you know, we have Jed as president of baseball operations and he sort of operates as like CEO. He's like, and I sort of operate as COO and now council's coming in and he's going to operate as sort of president or everyday manager. He's like, and then underneath that, there's just a huge umbrella of people that you have to know what each role is for each person. And so it is good that a lot of those pieces of the umbrella, you know, the, if you want to say the spokes of the umbrella underneath are not just getting plucked away one after another, because when a new manager comes in, it's good to have him have some consistency that he can talk to the other people and be like, okay, this person's job is this, this person's job yeah. is this. And, and hopefully uh, this is all good news for the Cubs moving forward. I, I certainly think it's not bad news. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's always hard for us to know who's doing a great job or not, right? Because, you know, you can watch certain things on the pitching staff and do we give credit for, you know, all of it to Tommy Hadovy? Is it right. all to Craig Breslow? Is Tommy Hadovy responsible for Justin Steele being good, but Jamison Tyone being not good, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's hard for, as fans, to really, like, suss that stuff out. And I think the best we can do is try to assess whether the organization is at the top of the league in terms of thinking and innovating, right? Like I remember when Theo kind of started the process of promoting guys really quickly, right? And utilizing those arbitration years, right? To build a championship team. The Astros did the same thing, right? And when he was doing it at the time, it was a sort of new way of thinking, right? And then as time went on, I remember thinking back on Theo's regime specifically, you kind of felt like everybody else was looking at like, well, let's just get a bunch of guys that throw 102, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the Cubs were drafting guys that threw 90, right? And it was like, I kind of feel like they've fallen behind a little bit in one aspect of the game. And they had. And they had. So now yeah. flash forward, right? Like you want the Cubs to be in that space. And it's not to say that, you know, Breslow leaving – gets them there but sometimes new voices as you said Luke does help you to continue to innovate and get to the top because I think when we look like organizationally I don't really think we look they've done a great job like on their minor league side right specifically but I don't think we really look at the Cubs in certain areas and think they are the best at this right mm -hmm. like when we think of some of those things teams are looking right now at the Atlanta Braves right their ability to develop and lock up talent you've looked at the Dodgers for a long time their pipeline of talent that's contributed to so many division championships and stuff like you want the Cubs to get to that area so it's a very long-winded way of saying I'm not we never know which change is going to lead you there but I think sometimes you do need to make changes to get to that mm -hmm. point yeah just to make sure you're not plateauing right, right. Like, like, yeah like 
some change can be good. And even though Craig Breslow is a very like he was, he quickly became a pretty respected baseball mind, and that's obviously why he's the chief baseball officer in Boston as quickly as he's kind of ascended. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, uh, yeah, change can be good, and and making sure that you continue to break through those those yeah. ceilings that maybe one voice would have left you. I'm not saying Craig Breslow wouldn't have gotten there either, but like you never, yeah, like you said, you never really know what would have worked and what wouldn't have worked yeah. until changes were made. Well, and changes sometimes change made. is bad. The Cubs cycled through a thousand hitting coaches yeah. <laughs> after John Maley. And, and now he's back. And now he's back. back. And, you know, you can argue till you're red in the face about which of those were good, which of those were bad. But, you know, they were constantly seeking an answer to that, right? Mm-hmm. So it is always a risk as well. By the way, have we heard what Maley's actual role is yet? Are we waiting for Craig Council to contribute to that decision? Well, we're, we're still like they hired him like a day before. But, he but then it was like, yeah. okay, he, well, what's he going to be? He was already in the in the system as the AAA hitting coach, like right. right he, but he's being promoted. He's being promoted to the major league level. That was also prior. Like, okay, but, but that was also prior to they, the Craig Council. Correct. Thing. Yeah. Jed, so then no. you think they just waited because they were, had to run it by council? They're definitely waiting. Uh, Craig Council. Well. The way you know Jed, well, has Jed probably had to be it. quiet. They're like, Can "Hey, you we're going to promote." Being well, like, "Did yeah. you pull puppet strings on me any more than you have?" Yeah, and Jed's well, like, "Well, I can't say anything, yeah. so sure." Well, we're waiting. Like, like they're they're all going to have those conversations, but I think the ultimate, like the the way they've talked about it, the final decision is going to come down to what Craig Council wants. As much as he'll get input from Jed and Carter and the rest, but it's going to come down to, to his decision. I um, heard so I, that's why I, that's why we're waiting. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I heard though that they uh, needed to. Jed felt bad after Ross is gone that Kyle Hendricks was going to be alone with his World Series ring uh, in the clubhouse, yeah. and so he was like, "Well, player wise, I can't really help you, but we could bring in another coach who has <laughs> right, won it with right. you." So. <laughs> No, who was the other player that was on the roster this year? And we were like, it was oh. Jamer. Oh, Jamer, yeah, that's no, right. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle that's right, Jamer. So, and we don't know if he'll be back. But it, speaking of umbrella of coaches and all those different people that we see move on, Brandon Hyde, who was over at first base for a long time, how about that? I mean, when he went to the Baltimore Orioles, for him to be American League Manager of the Year is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I never really heard anybody say a bad thing about Brandon Hyde. But when he went to Baltimore – wow, did he walk into a steaming pile of garbage. Yeah. And I didn't think he would survive it. I just thought he was sort of like hired and he'd be the fall guy and he'd get his shot and then maybe he wouldn't get another shot and he'd go back to being a coach somewhere else. He persevered through it, lasted through the real tough stuff, and now he's American League manager of the year. I, I hope now he gets a chance for that team to be better in the postseason. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, just for anybody that's uh, unsure, you're referring to Brandon Hyde, who was What did I say? No, I'm I'm just clearing it up. You're referring to Brandon Hyde, who was a member of the Chicago Cubs when they won the 2016 World Series. (laughs) That happened. Yeah. First, People forget that. I I need to clear it up. Barb thinks I'm wearing the same shirt that I wore yesterday. I'm not. not. It It is a different shirt. No, it's a inside out. It's a black shirt. It's a different white shirt. Yesterday it was inside out, Barb. Today it's... Different shirt. We yeah. get a lot of shirts at the CHGO locker. Barb, we, we need to find out, like, what shirt Barb would like. You know, like, when she signs up to be a diehard this holiday season, because everybody's going to, we're going to find out what Barb's going to want, because right. there's a lot to choose from. That, uh, the, the Ivy one. The Ivy one? The, oh, of, yeah. Of our CHGO oh, shirts. We have the, the meatball. 
The meatball, meatball island, island ones are good. Meatball. Meatballs are sure, good. Sure, that's true. But uh, we could do a meatball baseball one. Uh, that's my favorite shirt that we have. This is a great shirt. Yeah, I agree. of the shirts we have, I like of just the CHGO brand. That's my favorite logo that we have. Yeah. Great. Um, Agreed. Uh, so you ready for this? I see a lot of people, by the way, in the chat have been already firing their priorities. Nobody's listening to the rules. We're not talking about individual players. Mm -hmm. I know you want to talk about individual players, but we can all agree (laughs) that Otani is a priority. We can all agree that Bellinger is a priority. We're talking about individual things uh, within the organization. But first I want to tell you about Midtown Athletic Club. We'll get to that in just a second. Midtown Athletic Club has four Chicagoland locations. Palatine in the northwest burbs, Bannockburn on the north shore, Willowbrook in the southwest suburbs, and Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. Uh, Now, keep in mind, the one in Palatine, that's the one closest to me in Arlington Heights. They've launched a multi-million dollar transformation of that club. It's going to be complete early next year, 2024. So right now, if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, Keep in mind, you you can lock in some favorable rates right now if you join before the end of the year and before this transformation is done. So, you know, a little dust while you're working out now, but in the future, world-class, unbeatable gym. Uh, they've got, every, you know, if you're single, if you're a family person, if you're making lifestyle changes, maybe you're into holistic wellness, uh, they've got something for everybody here. It's the nicest fitness club I've ever been in. That's for sure. Like with multiple locations, it's not even close. Um, and and it's and it's reasonable for what you get for sure. Uh, you get lots of club stuff. They get indoor pool, outdoor pool, hot tubs, uh, tennis courts connected to the USTA. They've got yoga, boxing, cycling, cross training, group exercise, uh, high intensity interval training, uh, plenty of plates to throw around for Ryan when he's trying to hit that three hundred mark. And again, Mark Carmen always says, best tennis courts around. Best tennis courts around. Look at him waving over there. The best. He said the best. The best. The best of the best. And then, and then he just he just vomited again. Had nothing to do with our ad read, but he just <laughs> We've had two people little, in this office now. It's because he was working so hard it. at Midtown Athletic Club. Yeah. Little vomit. Little vomit. He was just working so hard at Midtown well, Athletic Club. Well, yeah, he, Works up a sweat and a vomit sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Head over to midtown.com slash CHGO to find out more and to tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. And, you know, while you're sitting there, maybe waiting to find out what the best deal is, maybe you want to go to that one in Palatine like I am to get the good deal. Think about what flooring you might want to add to your, you know, this is the time for improvement of ourselves, right? We're always looking for the, a little extra gift. It's winter time. How can we improve? Maybe it's, Maybe it's go to the gym, get in a little better shape. Your house is thinking the same thing or your apartment or your condo or wherever you live. And it's saying, get me new flooring, get me new flooring. Changes the whole way you look at your place when you walk in. And with Empire Today, you get to shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation and a low price guarantee. Empire is the best place to get your flooring because yeah, well, okay, they've got copycats, but nobody's going to do it exactly like they do, and nobody will promise the lowest price like they will. You can go to those big box stores and try and get new flooring, but they don't weed out the garbage, first of all. And Empire weeds out all the garbage, so they have only the best samples for you to choose from. And when you go to the big box store, you might have a guy that was in uh, plumbing working on the Kohler toilets the other day, and now all of a sudden he's trying to sell you carpet for your basement or hardwood flooring or vinyl flooring or whatever it might be. 
All they do at Empire is flooring. And their virtual floor designer is a game changer. You can go there, snap a picture. You can see exactly what that flooring is going to look like uh, in your space. Schedule free home in estimate today. All listeners can receive. This has got to be our best deal ever, right? $350 off. $350 off. I can't beat it. I thought it, I thought it was it. a misprint the first time I saw it. I thought it said $3.50, then I thought it said $35. <laughs> I was like, nope, that's $350 discount with the promo code CHGO. That's right, your friends at CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. All right. What are your priorities, huh? What are your priorities for fixing the Cubs this offseason? Oh. We each thought, let's just... One through three, we're going to say this is what the Cubs have to do to get things right as an organization this offseason. Now, you don't have to put new manager on the list. Uh, I'm sure the godfather, Michael Collada, and a lot of people in the live chat would have had... That would have been high. Manager would have been number one (laughs) or number two on a lot of priority lists, okay? That you don't have to worry about. Craig Council's your manager. So they took one off the table for us. We're giving the Cubs that as a bonus move. But right now, moving forward, from this point forward, what are the what should be their top three priorities? Not a specific player. Okay? So we're not talking about Shohei Otani. Now, a specific player might fit what we're describing, mm-hmm. but we're not talking about signing an individual player here. We're saying, what do they need to fix most? I've seen a lot of people saying that. Somebody said, uh, they need to give me free tickets. They need to get, you know... Jailbreak says pitching's a priority. Gary wants to know where Hap's going to bat. Godfather says number one priority. Hap doesn't bat third. Well, Council's going to solve that. I'm almost <laughs> sure of it. So depending on the lineup he's given, but yeah. But let's start, well, let's call number, I want to do this in order. Like number one is our biggest priority. Number three mm-hmm. is our, obviously another big priority, but not as big as number one. Each one of you have, I made a little thingy for each one of you. Nice. All right. So it's, you, you should we start little, with Corey? Who do you want to go first say, with, who, Sarah? Who do you guys want to Sarah's running the ones Corey? and twos today. Let's start Studio with Corey. A. Corey, oh, you going to show us your one, two, three? There you oh, go. Look at that graphic. That's from my press conference at Wrigley Field. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I don't know if people saw that, but it was... Um, Jed, Carter, Craig Council, and then Corey yeah. was the, the fourth I was face the, there. I was the season ticket representative. Mm-hmm. Yes. Craig had to impress me, uh, you know, on behalf of the <laughs> season ticket holders. <laughs> yeah, when they said, when, when Jed said only Tom and Carter knew about it, he also forgot to say that Corey was right, also I get, involved. I get one question on behalf of that, and I asked him if he would have Patrick Wisdom bunt ever. He <laughs> said no, so I was That's like... Right. Jed, you got the green light. You were like, Craig, question, Corey Friedman, yeah. uh, formerly of the uh, New York Yankees front office. All right. Question? <laughs> yeah, right. That's how I introduced myself. Oh. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my thing, my number one is middle of the order bats, and I have the S there, plural, uh, you know, which I think is consistent with what I've said since the offseason started. You need belly plus right? Doesn't have to be mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger, but you're losing his production, which was your best offensive production. Uh, I think he finished what, like about an 890 OPS, something like that. He was north of 900 for most of the year. You need more guys like that. I I routinely, and obviously, you know, their season didn't go that well, but they, you know, built a kind of uh, pluck together roster, I think, to clear space for Shohei. But I, I always reference the Dodgers, right? Like they had a ton of turnover on that positional 
side. They had guys that were hurt. They were playing journeymen, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, trying to see if things could work. But every day, one, two, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, 950-plus OPSs for both of them, setting the tone, MVP candidates. That is what the Cubs need. They have a ton of really good, complimentary, solid hitters, right? But we saw it towards the end of the year last year where people were getting very frustrated with Dansby's offensive performance down the stretch, right, when he was hitting fifth or wherever it was. And that was asking something of a hitter that he's not, right? He was a five-win player. He's not a middle-of-the-order bat. He never was in Atlanta, and he you shouldn't expect him to be. Not on a great team. You shouldn't build a great team and expect him to be there. And it's, you know, the same thing with Ian Happ, right? Like, mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a really good hitter. I'm glad he signed that extension. He's done a ton of work to be better in the field, obviously winning multiple gold gloves. I don't love him hitting third, especially when he bats from the right side. He was a below replacement level player as a hitter, right, from the right side. But they were still doing that a ton. So to me, the priority is you get guys that however you structure them, right? They could be your two and your four hitter, your three and your four hitter, whatever you want, right? You need guys that push Dansby, push Hap towards that middle or back. You pair them with Seiya. You have a powerful, say, two through four, three through five, and then those other guys are rounding out the order, right? Not being looked at as the heart of it. And I think you've got a really good lineup. But if you're losing Belly, it's got to be two. Yes. You I, cannot just yeah. bring Belly back and expect better results, right? And I always go back to that quote. I was just looking at the numbers. Jed, after in the 2022 offseason, talked about good teams blow opponents mm -hmm. out. And they did better at that last year. They, the Cubs had a good record, I think over a 600 win percentage in games decided by five or more runs, which is what mm -hmm. Jed was talking about, right? So they did do better. The 2016 Cubs, which he referenced in the quote at the time, talking about teams that blew teams out, won 10 more games than the 2023 Chicago Cubs by five or more runs, right? And so to me, that's the priority because if you look at last year, blown games, blown leads, those frustrating losses late in the season by one run, that series, what was it, Miami? On yeah. the road, I think they yeah, lost yeah. each game by, by one, one game, run. Yeah. You know the best way to avoid that? Put up a 10 spot and yeah. move on with your life, right? So that's that's my priority over anything. Yeah. I mean, my, my number one, are we, are we just going to go down his three or are we going to go down? Well, I think, I, you know, a good question that was posed in the, in the chat, um, based off of your power bats, right? Somebody asked, is, is Reese Hoskins a middle-of-the-order bat for you? Is, is he a good enough bat? Because you're right, the, the Bellinger part's the key. Like, people say, okay, well, you add Cody Bellinger. No, 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 no. He doesn't exist on the Cubs right now. He's not a member of the Chicago Cubs. Right. So he's, he's back out. If you want to bring Bellinger in, I agree. It has to be at least one more. And we're not talking about Saya becoming that person. Okay, I, at least that's what I'm hearing you say. Correct? You're saying, say it. We want I, you want say it to be the person yes. you saw at the second half of the season. But you're saying bringing in two new power bats to the middle. You know, of the I'm I'm on record. I've always been a say a believer. I never wavered in that, and I think he is the guy he was for the last two months. Maybe not literally a top five hitter in the league, mm -hmm. but very good. A lot closer right? to that than what he was. Probably. I I do genuinely believe that. But yeah, you need more. Right. You need more than that. I think on Hoskins in particular, it's just a question of his health. Mm -hmm. Right. Over the course of his career, you know, 20, 20, 
2020 to 2022, he's been, you know, 125-ish WRC plus or higher. So I think that would work. You insert that in the middle, but, you know, he's coming off, it's a significant injury. And I think there's a real question at, you know, he'll be 31 next year. Like that, I don't know, is the answer. So that's a risk if you're going to sign. I think that's why they're talking about potentially another pillow contract for someone like him because he's got to prove it. You know right. what I mean? Like you can't rely a Bellinger on him type deal. Yeah, yeah. To be that guy. And, and that doesn't mean, and I'm not saying they need, you know, Juan Soto and someone that's as good as Juan Soto. Right. But like you need to shore up that middle where you're not, again, relying on guys like Nico Dansby, like in their career, they're, they're going to be closer to like slightly above league average hitters. Right. That's who they are. It's good. They're, they're gold glove defenders. They're saving runs all over the place. You need that, like, beef in the middle of the order, right? Well, we got to hit some more dingers. You need to slug. That was such a problem for the Cubs, and and that's what you really need. So I don't know what guys that is. It could be Bellinger and somebody else, et cetera, but that is what they need, I think, to get to that place. Yeah. I, I, and I, I saw I, a comment, I think it was Tristan, who pointed out, like, when they traded for Candy, it didn't work out right he got hurt and he wasn't really that effective when he came over but those first couple days when you saw them write out the lineup and candy for whatever reason from david ross was hitting like seventh or eighth every night Mm -hmm. right uh but it lengthened the lineup a lot earlier in the year they had that just death order at seven eight nine sometimes in the order and if you add middle of the order bats you're pushing these guys to the back dansby swanson is your seven hitter right you're gonna feel a lot better about that lineup if you lengthen it like yeah. that so that's my priority all right who is who's your number one priority ryan um yeah i went with left-handed power bats so power bat with a s like plural question mark but uh, both left-handed sim- similar look i i think when we talk about when we talk when we talked about the cubs last year we i think overall we kind of wondered where's all the power going to come from um they had six guys hit over 20 home runs mm-hmm. last year um, and a seventh guy hit 10. So they had seven guys with 10 plus home runs. One of them was Cody Bellinger, who's no longer on the team. And the other one was um, Ian Happ, who's a switch hitter. He's not a full-time lefty. He's also not like a, a slugger, right? We, we, we saw that he's not probably isn't a middle of the order bat slugger driving all these runs kind of guy, which is, is fine. Like he, he'll have a role on this team and a, a good role on this team as a hitter. So for me, like they, they, I looked at, you know, the major league average at an isolated power last year and slugging percentage and those kind of power numbers. The Cubs lefties total were below average. Everyone was below average or not. Everyone was as a group. They were below average. And that's even including Cody Bellinger, who was above well above average in both those numbers this past season. So now you've lost Cody Bellinger. So you really don't have much lefty power in the lineup. Would adding Cody Bellinger back help? Absolutely, but you're also maybe only adding back to a, a get you a, back to what you just to, said. To where was you still were a, a problem. group that's a yes. group that's still below average as far as power goes. So how do you you know how do you fix that? I, it, it's going to be tough, right? Like, would it be a perfect off season if they went and got Shohei Otani and brought back Cody Bellinger? Right? Like yes. that would that would totally help in the left handed power. But is is it feasible cost wise? It may not be right. Shohei and uh, Pete Alonso. If you can't do Bellinger, right? But, but, there, there's 
you you absolutely need just overall power on this team for sure. I think at least one of those has to be from the left side, whether that's signing Otani, bringing back Bellinger, and hoping he's he's even better, and maybe some of the the minor league guys or whoever come up that are lefties and and provide some of that power, or. Um, you know, you go trade for Juan Soto, who we know can provide really good power and just an overall great hitter. Like, it's not going to be an easy thing to do. But I think when we when we talk about, like, they don't, like, they don't, they just, the power just overall is not, was not great on the Cubs last year. Yeah. But I think we, we, we saw that, like, lefty power was severely lacking. That's why they had to go out and get Jamer at the trade deadline because like hey this guy provides lefty pop he's been doing it all season did it work out no but like that was what we talked about they had to wait till the trade deadline to add another guy that could provide that lefty pop matt mervis didn't do that as they probably hoped he could have at least somewhat so yeah for me like i guess yeah providing power just getting power middle of the order bats as like an umbrella absolutely like that's a, a huge priority but for me inside that umbrella like getting power from the left-handed side just it it changes the the dynamic of the lineup a little bit more than just adding any old righty right like we, they have like I think like, I'm with you I think say is a lot closer to that second half guy than he was the first however many months right I think I think he could give you something like 30 home runs in a year right like if they keep morale are able to find him a defensive home like I think he could give them 30 home runs right um Dansby's probably gonna end up being around 25 again as he's been the last few years Hap will give you over 20 from both sides like that's great that's that's good power especially if some of those guys just keep improving and, and developing and giving you better and better power numbers but most of those are righties and like it, it just I think it provides a different dynamic if you can have that type of slug from the left-handed side and whether that's bringing again bringing in Bellinger or getting Otani getting a couple different pieces to put into that lineup having the ability to mix and match that way versus running out all righty lineups that it's just a, it's a different lineup for me and it it, it adds like a, another obstacle for opposing pitchers to be able to get your guys out okay. I, I think and that's I think I think it's a huge need for when me. When Jed talked, too, about needing more guys, you know, you just want to – I think you're right on about talking, like, specifically about the number of guys you had kind of in that 20 to 25-ish homer range. Like, I think at one point Jed talked, too, about they're, they were a, a good, like, station-to-station station team. They could string runs together. But sometimes you do just need someone to mash one over the fence to get you some runs, right? We saw that in the playoffs, too. The playoffs are a very different game, like – dingers play very well in the playoffs because you're facing very good pitching and sometimes you're not going to be able to string together two hits and a walk and move guys you know need one guy to run into you need one guy to run into one sometimes and so it's not to say you overcorrect for that because i think one of the problems in the past with cubs team has been that they did that too much but they struck out too much and could not go station to station so I think it's about looking at this roster and saying, what takes them to that next level? What improves their sequencing in a lot of these close games or games that we felt got away from them? Mm-hmm. And I think they are re- they have a lot of good contact guys. They have some good OBP guys. They have good base runners. They have what they need more of is pure slug. Yeah. And so that's why it, that's why it's a my guy top that priority. can get you 35, 40 plus right. homers. Right. They a desperately guy- need it. And maybe yeah. Bellinger would have been that guy had he been healthy. All last yeah. year, and so maybe he could be that you know, guy. Maybe Morell is that guy if he's playing Correct. every yeah. day. I mean, you know, you don't know, yeah. but 
th- those are still unknowns, right? Morell yeah. is still an unknown. Like some of the guys that are available either in free agency or on the trade market, you'd have a really good feeling they could come in and pop. 30 plus homers yeah. at Wrigley Field and that's I think what you need yeah that's that, all right like adding that and that's what I'm saying like for me adding that from the left side would be even better than just adding it in general like would getting Pete Alonso be great of course he's gonna give you a lot of home I'm runs. trying not to be picky <laughs> <laughs> but would but would getting it from the left side from someone like Otani or Soto be even better I think so just for the dynamic of the lineup but yeah, I, don't be picky. Like just adding adding slug anywhere is that is going to be very good for this team. Gary Ross, Jake Slaughter has pure slug. All right, Sarah, no. what what did I have for my mine? Because I do want to comment real quick on what we're talking about yes. here with the left hand. And I slug. did use a different picture for you. Oh, yeah. thank you. Okay. Yes, A little Christmas yeah, that's, that's photo after I ate seventeen hard boiled eggs. <laughs> Santa Santa. Suit. Yeah, the Chris that's Kringle Santa. Mart's happening soon. I saw they were building it all around Wrigley. Oh, yeah, yeah we're all the constructions ready for that. over you there. You better believe it. They should use Luke as the mascot. To sell tickets, uh, yeah. So I used. <laughs> I used who's, who's not bringing their kids to see that? Stucky, Come on, Stucky Claus. That's right. That little that could have been They're on the like, cover. You of, think it's okay to leave the kids here? Oh yeah, yeah. That could have been on the cover of the <laughs> yeah. Bad Santa movie. Like you got the DVD or whatever back in the day. Like that could you could have replaced it on the cover, and be fine. Oh, and I remember copies. correctly. Corey was like skating me all around the ice. We were holding hands. That was a great special content. Moment. We'll do it again. Um, <laughs> So mine is sort of flipped. I have that left-handed power bat at number three at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't think it's important. I do. Um, I, I started thinking, as you were saying, remember last year when we sat here and said, if they don't get one of these shortstops, they're sort of screwed, mm-hmm. right? No, they need to get one of these four. I don't care which one they get, but they need to get one of these four shortstops. If they don't get them, they're screwed. I'm starting to think that about the left-handed bat, and it's the names, right? If they don't trade for Soto, if it's not Soto, if it's not Pete Alonso, if it's not Cody Bellinger or Otani, if one of those four guys is not on the Cubs, I, I can't think of who the other left-handed bat would be. Those are the four big left-handed bats that come out. Okay, somebody said, keep saying Becky still wants Rizzo to come back. Those are four Big left-handed bats. Bellinger probably has the least power out of that entire group. But if they don't have one of those four players on the Cubs next season, I think they're in trouble. I, one of, at least one of them. I, now, they could, go, they could go the pitching route inside Yamamoto yeah. and this guy and this guy. But to me, they're still going to need one of those four guys on the team because of what Ryan's saying. You've got to have a left-handed power bat. Currently... They don't have a left-handed power bat on the team. I, I tend to agree, but I always try to at least allow, like, Jed and the front office. There may be, na- there may be names that yeah. aren't sure. just on these rumor lists, yeah. right? Like, I, and I the, hope the they're thinking of those. Because Everybody focuses on, you know, Juan Soto because of the Padres' payroll situation yeah. and their lack of success, the Mets, yeah, something yeah. similar, right? And I, I agree. They need, you know, big name, whatever. But one of those three, sometimes— one of those three guys, though. You right? can find things elsewhere, and maybe with you know we just there's names we haven't heard yet. So I always allow. I don't like to say it has to be one of these guys because maybe there's other people available that we're not thinking yeah. of that Jed makes the call on or whatever. But in yes, in general, yes. But I Soto, Otani, Bellinger, those those guys are not going to be easy. None of them. Are, that's not an easy deal for yeah. Jed to land, no yes. matter what it is, yes. whether it's yeah. free agency or trade or whatever it's not going to be easy and it seems like maybe he needs to get that done just as much as he needed the shortstop thing so mine was a top two pitcher 
That was my number one. Um, and, and it's not that I don't think that the left-handed power bat is the most important thing. Or uh, Strowman's gone. Mm-hmm. And I, I love what Justin Steele did. He was one of the top 10 pitchers in baseball last year. Incredible growth. Uh, love everything about it. Love who the guy is. Love the way he pitches. But I want a number one. It, he could be your number one. But I want a number one or number two guy that has swing and miss capability mm-hmm. at the top of my rotation. So he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to move ahead of steel in the rotation, but I want him to be one a and one B. I want him to have his Stroman type guy to be there at the top of the rotation with him. And I want that guy to be different than Stroman in yeah. that. I want him to be a swing and miss guy. I, so that I believe is that's my number two on my list. And I think you could put them 1A, 1B. Well, right? I think a lot of these things you could you could yeah. probably go yeah. back and forth, right? I but mean, because like, also, like, I think, you know, reading the chat, like, sure, these are, like, lofty things we're throwing out there, but that's the position they've set themselves up in, right? Right. They won 83 games. They didn't make the playoffs. They fired their manager. They're paying the best manager a bunch of money. Tom was reportedly pissed. Jed said it's not good enough. So we're raising the expectations along with where we – think they need to get right of course it's a lofty goal but that's what they need to be mm-hmm. doing to be the Chicago Cubs right and get back to where they want to be I'm with you and I I I think I said when we were discussing like Stroman opting out like I was kind of glad about that like I would have taken him on that value for one year but thinking it might limit the spending like I have said before I think if you went into the playoffs a one-two of Steele and Stroman isn't good enough right to me and it's not that those guys aren't good and they didn't perform well, but I think you need someone that pairs with Justin Steele exactly like Luke said, that is a different a, a top level, <laughs> like someone competing year in, year out for a Cy Young. And those guys aren't easy to yeah. get or find, and you may have to give a, up a lot for them. But yeah, like the Cubs have a lot of good, like contact managing pitchers and guys that can eat innings and send some young up and comers. But what they really need is a guy that just blows people away yeah. at the top of that rotation. Pair that with Justin Steele and you've, you've really got something cooking, especially if we believe that they can get Tyone in the right direction. Uh, fix is a strong word maybe at this point, but like, get him to be an actual middle of the rotation guy closer to what he was in that second half, at least right. Then with your depth, like Wicks, Javier Assad, Kyle Hendricks, like, I think you can piece it all together, but that, that, you know, the star on top is maybe Justin Steele, but he needs a, he needs a friend up at the top of that rotation. So as much as I say, they need one of those guys, right. Whether they need soda or whatever, then, then it also means, you could easily say they also have to have either Yamamoto, Nola, Snell, yeah. whoever well, the yeah. next name might be. Yeah, well, I, I was on the more specific side where you were with like the swing and miss. Mm-hmm. I think that that was my number two. Uh, but that's that's important. Yeah, swing and miss starter. That's as for the reasons that you've brought up as far as like this, the pitching staff was so similar. The starting pitching rotation was so similar mm-hmm. last year. A lot of guys. Um, not as much velocity or anything, not a, a huge amount of swing and miss, a lot of ground ball pitchers. Um, and, you know, that that can work, right? Like the, the starting pitching, I want to say they were in the top half probably of the 
rotation in, in, in various categories last year. And it can work, especially when you got, you know, two gold glovers up the middle. And if you can figure out third base and first base and have good defenders there, like that can work. But when you have guys that just blow people away or have nasty stuff that gets them to swing and miss consistently, you eliminate a lot of the randomness that can come with contact-oriented pitchers. You can eliminate the random blue hits that just fall in between the left fielder and the shortstop or um, the, uh, you know, the, the swinging bunts that you just can't get to or ruins a perfect game from Drew Smiley right. kind of thing. Right? You can eliminate some of the randomness that come when you put balls in play because we know in baseball that happens. And it's not, you know, it, 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 it's not – Contact pitchers fall. It's just when guys are putting balls in play, sometimes random magic happens. So if you have guys that get a lot of swing and miss, that just eliminates some of that randomness. And so whether it's getting Yamamoto, signing Blake Snell, maybe it's some guys on a lower tier that we aren't really talking about that much but can provide that in the rotation, or um, whether it's a, a guy on the trade market we haven't talked about, whatever it is, I think getting more of that swing and miss in the rotation Similar to adding that left-handed power, in my mind, it just it changes the dynamic of the rotation in just even a three-game series, right? You're not, you're likely not putting out the same type of pitcher every time if you even if you even have one of those high swing and miss kind of guys right. in there. I think it just changes the makeup of a rotation, regardless of your one, two, three. It, it, that provides something different in that rotation, which I think would be very beneficial for this. Cubs team in 2024 when I think it's necessary on the entire pitching staff the bullpen didn't have enough swing and miss either I think swing and miss almost could just be its own priority put it wherever you want right I think they need it at the top of the rotation but in general like you know there were times I think towards the end of the year it was like well if Merriweather can't come in and try to strike guys out like I don't know you know then good luck right like you know if you get into those bases loaded like no out situations they did not have a lot of guys to choose from that were good choices if you're trying to get out of that with no damage, right? You had a lot of guys that could come in and induce weak contact, but maybe that's going to be a blooper, a sack five, exactly. whatever. On the pitching staff as a whole, you need guys that come in and do not let the ball get in play on a, you know, more often than they're you know, prioritizing soft contact. Soft contact is great. The Cubs have had a lot of success with guys that can do that, right? Kyle Hendricks being the one of the best ever, I think, to succeed at managing soft mm-hmm. contact the way that he did. But, you know, you need guys that can come out and put out fires by blowing the ball by people or, you know, getting ugly swing and misses. Yeah, with breaking and, the ball. and we know matter. there's risk in that because those kind of pitchers also tend to be have a little less command in their pitches, mm-hmm. walk a little bit more. So there is risk in, in in that, or like there would be risk in having a, a pitching staff that's mostly swing and miss sure. guys, right? Like there, there's going to be some risk in that, but... Variation is good in Variation is good, and the ability to limit the randomness is is better in my opinion. Or ha- yeah, having some yeah, variation that can limit the randomness, in my opinion, is better than just throwing a, a bunch of gold glovers out there and hoping they can keep right. balls from dropping in the outfield. Or hey, those gold glovers uh, can still be good when Absolutely. they're swinging and missing. Right. Absolutely. Okay. I saw Craig say uh, he wants hitting, he wants pitching, middle or bat, ace pitcher, bullpen help, and I knew the godfather was going to say closer. Corey, what, what were your th- so for both of you guys, what was your third piece that you think the Cubs 
You had to do yeah. one, two, three. Now I yeah. see some people. Everybody wants to put like nine things on the list. I agree. There's a lot. There's a lot of holes. That's why when they say it might not yeah. be a one year fix necessarily, that part of it I understand. But if we're just picking our three priorities, that's the word priority. What should be these key priorities that they're attacking? What's your third one? Bullpen depth. Yeah, uh, oh and you know I I think I am on record as saying kind of early on into the Adbert Alzali experience. Love him. He's great. His story is great. Similar thinking, though. On a great team, I don't think he's your closer. On a great team, he's an unbelievable seventh inning guy, maybe setup man, right? But again, it's all about swing and miss, right? And for a closer, I don't know that he has enough. He's still working. I mean, he added pitches as recently as what, you know, a season ago? Yeah. So he's still developing, but bullpen depth is my answer. And I. I don't necessarily need them to go get a closer, but I need them to provide Craig Council with more depth and better options than he gave to David Ross, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Because we saw it down the stretch. You were relying on guys who had never done that before, who had never thrown that many innings before, who had certainly never thrown that many innings in that particular leverage before, mm-hmm. and you banked on it just continuing kind of infinitely. And a, that was a terrible plan, right? Yeah. Like, so it didn't work out. yeah, it did not work out. So just depth, however they want to build that. And I don't, I don't want them to spend a ton of money on it, mm-hmm. but whether it's from your own players developmentally and figuring things out, like, you know, you went into this season and Keegan Thompson just was not that guy. Could you have figured that out earlier? Like, could you have identified that in spring training? Things like that. Like, so whether it's your own players that you're promoting, maybe changing their roles, like we've seen with a guy like Alzali, who used to be a starter, whatever it is, but just having a plan beyond a small number of guys that you think can be reliable late inning relievers. Like here's a big pile of them for us to choose from, whether they're at AAA or we're bringing in, you know, some reclamation project style guys, bringing guys like David Robertson in, um, things like that. However they want to do it. I don't need them to go spend a ton of money on, on the top closer, but you have got to put Craig Council and his staff in a better position to succeed with your bullpen than you did David Ross last year. Yeah, that, that's everything that I, that's why bullpen depth was my third one. All the same reasons. Um, I do like some of what they have in the bullpen. And obviously with whatever they do with the rotation that may end up with some of the guys that were actually pretty solid out of the bullpen last year stick, sticking in there, right? Like we saw Drew Smiley was pretty effective as a reliever down the stretch. Like he may end up back in that same role. Um, Adbert. We talked about him. I'm I'm fine with them starting the season as a closer. Um, obviously, he needs to perform, but I'm I, I'm fine with that. Uh, we'll see. You know, Julia Merriweather showed out and was very impressive. Like they have some good pieces in that bullpen already, but whether it's as, as Corey said, developing developing guys at Triple A, um, going out and getting some more of those veteran guys on one cheap one year deals that you feel like you could do something with or, or whatever it is. Yeah, just all the, all the things that Corey said, that bullpen faded down the stretch. It, it, it could not – one of the big reasons that the Cubs collapsed in September was because the bullpen arms they were relying on just couldn't get them to the finish line when they needed to. Having more guys in that bullpen that Craig Council can trust 
in those situations, in high leverage situations when it comes down to it. Just having different options is going to make that bullpen a whole lot better, going to make the team a whole lot better. So, no, they don't need to spend a whole lot of money on the bullpen, in my opinion, but they need to add some depth for those guys because they, you, you can't ask four guys to be the high-leverage arms and lead the lead right. the bullpen the entire and season. And you don't it, remember, it, too, you, you were putting a lot of guys, you know, you're in the middle of a playoff race, and you're in certain situations, like, turning to guys like Daniel Palencia, who's never had no this opportunity Right. And you're like hoping it works out. So that was something we talked about, too. Like you need to create a better environment to get some of those guys assimilated to their roles or to being in a major league bullpen. If you're going to use the younger guys Mm -hmm. rather than calling them up in the middle of the season and sort of going like, well, can you throw high leverage and pitch out of a bases loaded jam in Colorado in September? Right. Like they, they didn't have a good landing spot for a lot of these guys right because your top three guys were gassed right so then it turns to a bunch of rookies you know and you're like hey luke little like let's see what you got in the middle of a playoff race like that's not a good setup for success with relievers in particular right I don't disagree with anything you guys are saying about the bullpen I don't think you need overspend to do it I don't think you need a super high-end closer price tag wise here coming in Um, The only reason I put first baseman as my number two was I'm sick of seeing the carousel at first base since Rizzo left. Um, And so whether I I tried to decide between first base and third base and I decided, you know what, if they fix all these other things, if they if they get Yamamoto and they end up getting Shohei or whatever it might be in Bellinger's back, I'm okay with whoever they want to put at third base. It It won't matter to me if they make major improvements in other places. First base, well, on do, the other but, hand, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I prefer Bellinger just be their first baseman. But if you've got another answer there, great. I don't want to see uh, Mancini, Rivas, Schwindel. Right. You know, I, I don't want to see that carousel anymore. So fix sure. it. Uh, Gary's saying, why is nobody talking prospects? Development, right? Development of players. I do think that's a given. And I think you could make yeah. that easily a top three answer. I do think it's also part of tomorrow's podcast. So stick around, well, Gary. I, I, that's what I, we call a tease. I wouldn't put it as one of my top three priorities because that's not an off-season priority. That is a 365 that's days right. a year play development should well, be and, a priority. And it's, a pri- area, it's a priority. It's not well, my yeah, off-season. I, yeah, no, no, it's not. It's, it's off as every as, day. As yeah. far as off-season priorities, like they have stuff they need to do free agent-wise, whatever, trade, uh, player development. But like just overall player development, that doesn't start in the offseason. That is 365 it, days a year. You need guys developing. I also in your think system. they've done a really good job of that. That area of the organization, I think, is trending very much upward. We just saw James Triantos have an excellent, you know, mm-hmm. stint. Is it a season in the Arizona <laughs> Fall League? Whatever you call time, the, the excellent Arizona time. Fall League. Yeah. He was great guy. there. Kevin Alcantara is rising up these ranks. Kate Horton, Matt Shaw. So as you guys said, that's a 365 day thing, but it's not in in the top of my list because I think they're doing a good job of it. I do again think they need to provide a better landing spot. They they messed it up with PCA too, right? Like you need a better landing spot to develop these guys. And I always looked at like someone like Corbin Carroll before he just won the rookie of the year and was a star for the Diamondbacks when they won the pennant, he got that opportunity in 2022, 
when the stakes for them were nothing. Mm -hmm. He got an opportunity to play a bunch of games, learn the league, make some adjustments, and then it rolled into the next year, and he won a bunch of awards. He's an all-star, and he carried them to the World Series, right? Cubs didn't really do that. Throwing PCA... In to you know to chase. play outfield in the middle of a playoff chase and then benching him for seven days because he looked overmatched. Okay, well now where does that put you for the start of the season, right? We get to do a couple super chats and then get to some ad reads here. Uh, Chris always throwing the money our way because he's a five star five star member of our chat. Oh yeah. Uh, dream scenario: Horton comes up and is a guy. Shaw comes up and is a guy at third. Otani signs. Belly signs. <laughs> and we get a fill-in guy this year, like one year, like Montgomery last year for Texas. Also, Morel hits thirty plus homers at first base. That that is a well, dream yeah, is. scenario, man. And then uh, up for that. Yeah. And then another. <laughs> then he's throwing another four ninety nine. And it's a quick question: If Otani signs, what number would he wear? Seventeen or sixteen, like in Japan. My answer would be any number that's not yeah. retired. He can yeah. wear dollar signs on the back of his jersey for all I care. I, whatever he wants. Yeah, maybe yeah. he just wants Shohei with a dollar yeah, sign I mean, for the whatever. S. Who is, a, who, is there a 17? Chris Bryant was 17. Chris Bryant was 17. He can wear 17. Otani can wear 17. Yeah, it's like, okay. It's okay. Uh, are you in the market for a new vehicle? <laughs> if you are, then we have some great news for you. We're on the same team as Ray Chrysler Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Fox Lake. At Ray CDJR, you're always able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgettable savings. And right now, during Black Friday sales event at Ray CDJR in Lake Forest, or Fo- Fox Lake, I almost said Lake Forest. Uh-oh. Sorry, Ray. Ray was here last week. Great good, Great guy. Uh, 0% financing now available on select new models all month long. But that's not all. Just for listening, you can get a free oil change when you mention... CHGO at the Ooh. service center or mention CHGO when you book online at Ray CDJR's slash service. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. I said Fox Lake. For more information, visit Ray CDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com. Serving the community since... 1963 and uh you know who's been serving the community for a long time goose island beer yeah goose island is the official beer of chicago it's been chicago's beer since 1988 take a look at that beer roster it's like we're talking about priorities for the cubs offseason goose island has no priorities their roster is when wrigley field's got goose so they're set there it's not on our priority that could be a shirt we could have we got goose goose. yeah goose island's beer roster includes the oktoberfest the beer hug family the 312 wheat ale and the full pocket pills i've said it a bunch of times me and Corey were 312 guys uh cody likes to do his beer bat chugs with the full pocket pills um, grab ultra fresh brewery exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. Uh, so we don't have a ton of time left, just a couple of minutes here. Uh, we're running over and it is Wild Thought Wednesday. Has Corey been here for a Wild Thought Wednesday? We're just throwing. Sure. We had, you know, we had the Cubs trading for uh, Vlad I don't have any Rear wild Jr. thoughts. My thoughts are all pragmatic and measured. Okay. That's my signature. Boring. Uh, so I saw John Morosi mentioned uh, Shohei Otani and the Braves in the same sentence. And it, and I thought, oh, well, that's ridiculous. I hope that never happens. And it got me to thinking, uh, what would be, or what do you think will be, quickly, the most shocking move of this offseason? Has it already happened? Is it Craig Council to the Cubs? 
Is that the biggest That's shocker of the offseason? I mean, that came the out Cubs of nowhere. Yeah, the That's Cubs have already striking. the Cubs firing David Ross and, and hiring very, Craig very Council is going to be near the top. That and I don't think it would have happened if it wasn't the Cubs. Maybe it would have, yeah. but like very few things. When I read it on Twitter, I remember Cubs hiring Council from Ken Rosenthal. Like audibly, I was sitting on the couch. I went, "What?" <laughs> yeah. You know. However, few things do that outside as, of Chicago and angry Milwaukee. It's probably. I would assume there's going to be a move still this offseason that will I knock mean, that off the, the top Oakland spot. A's signing Shohei Otani. Yeah, like I don't. They go to Las Vegas. The Royals. I don't know yeah, if it counts as wild. That'd be but shocking. I, at this point, I think like anybody but the Dodgers signing Otani is really. Be, you think it's that much of a slam dunk? I don't. I don't necessarily think it's a slam dunk, but it's just been something that so many in the industry have kind of like viewed as a a prohibitive favorite for so long. I was even mentioning, like, I think they were mm-hmm. not playing with their best roster last year, trying to, like, make sure they have the room. And so I think if he went somewhere else, I think that would be pretty shocking. I think it would be, yeah, I think a lot of people would be wrong in their prediction, and it would be pretty shocking. I got to admit, last last year I was shocked when Correa ended up at the Twins. Wow. Sure. I mean, the whole process of that sure. thing was shocking, but where he eventually landed was, yeah. I never in a million years thought he was going There's back. There's another there. one, uh, Soto being traded and then sending, signing an extension wherever he gets traded. I think that'd that be would be shocking. Be, the, extension be totally, part, the extension part would be, would be, would be shocking. Kind of shocking. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that's it. Uh, they're starting to say to be shocking if he's not traded. Right, that that's what reports yeah, yeah, are starting to say. Fair. Like yeah, shocking if he's not traded. That's fair. Um, as for as landing spots for those guys, man, I tell you what, if if Otani ends up on the Cardinals or if Bellinger ends up uh, like what? <laughs> Why would we even say Shohei Otani to the White Sox? That would be shocking. That would be shocking. Jim and Sales thought it happened. I caught his attention there. <laughs> You know what would be shocking is if the White Sox spent money this offseason. I was just about to say something about the White Sox and money. Shocking (laughs) to be the White Sox not losing 100 next year. There you go. I, I, you know, I like our guys, Herb and Sean and Vinny, too much. I don't like to shoot shots across the... The oh, bow, they're the best. You know. It's it's not their fault. I mean, <laughs> it's, not their fault. <laughs> it's true. They're great so, guys, though. Then their I show's mean, Jerry fine. Reinsdorf would steal twenty dollars out of Shohei Otani's pocket if he could, yeah. rather than Gary says him. Soto like Soto to the Reds. One of those big name free agents to the Reds would be. I thought I thought I saw a rumor. Somebody said Snell to the to the Reds, and I was like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, that's a, that, that, that that's a good one too. I mean, I don't know the exact team, but sometimes we do see teams that you know are not routinely involved in spending a lot of money pick yeah. like one off season the reds did that a few years the Ro- ago the rockies random, and chris right. bryant yeah like randomly like Coming kind of uh, joey Votto to the cubs for one year at first base shocking yeah oh. i yeah i i don't know i'm not i'm not good at this <laughs> forecasting shocking <laughs> things I, I i really do think like i i, I think shohei somewhere other than la is my number one here. I like Clark the Cub to the Bears. Clark the Cub to the Bears. <laughs> we'll finish with John. John says it'll be shocking if the Cubs don't get one of those big names. I like the way or I like the way you're thinking. Brendan to the Padres for Juan Soto would be shocking. That would be shocking. Someone someone suggested it That's before. A good, that would be shocking. He's a good throw in. That'd be shocking. Not shocking would be the Cubs hiring Brendan as their director of graphs. They uh, they put out a 
a posting not long ago. I for saw a, it. I, I put it in our Slack channel. I'm like, like, did they create this job for <laughs> Brendan? sure you could do this. You know, yeah. like I haven't been in a front office in over a decade, but like Brendan giving us the rap done sign? some of those jobs. <laughs> oh, they're so. giving us the rap sign. Okay, we uh, got to okay. go. Hey, make sure you go to FOCO to get uh, fitted with the best sports gear around. Hoodie, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. Don't forget our set decorations, beautiful as they are, come from FOCO. Uh, they always hook us up. Check out FOCO.com. Click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Thanks to Corey for coming in. Good luck to Cody out in Japan. Get it done. <laughs> and we'll be back here tomorrow, 120 Live for the CHGO Cubs podcast. Until then, thanks for watching. Hit the like button on the way out and fly the W. Silly like the mayor. 